welcome everybody to another episode of the Give and Go Show, hosted by your three favorite people, Griffin Queen, Matt Ferentinos, Matt Modai, here to talk to you about the NBA as well as some nerd talk. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, share with your friends so we can help grow, and then of course, give us that five-star rating as well. Hope you enjoy. It is Tuesday, May 9th, one day after my birthday, and the Give and Go show is back in your life. I did have to shout myself out a little bit there. <laughs> my name is Griffin Queen, and as always, I'm joined by Matt Ferentinos and Matt Modai. Uh, we are... What's up? How old are you? I'm 31. Nice. No, it doesn't yeah. feel great. Welcome to it the doesn't, club. Doesn't, am I the last one to turn 31? No, Moda, your birthday's still I'll be two, about two weeks. Two yeah, weeks yeah, you're you're later in May than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll be we'll all be 31, gang, pretty soon. Uh, we are in the second round of the NBA playoffs. We took off last week because there was some travel going on. Uh, people were busy with work, you know, all that fun stuff. In that time. The uh, Lakers and the Heat have gone up three to one in their respective series. The Sixers and Celtics are tied at two and two, and the Nuggets and Suns are also tied at two and two. So we're going to keep it easy. We're going to keep it simple. We've got games tonight. We've got games tomorrow. We're going to talk about um, all of their respective matchups. And then once we get through that, maybe we'll talk a little bit about our presumed conference finalists, uh, although there is still time to go for every team still in it. Um, before we get going, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you click that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you comment below. If you have something you want to say about any one of our teams, you're more than welcome to say so. You may notice if you're watching the video right now, Modi has a Sixers hat on. I've got a Lakers jersey on. Ferentinos has a Nets jersey on. Wow. It's a James wow. Harden jersey. <laughs> it's relevant to the podcast. It, and it is relevant. James Harden coming off an incredible performance. And so with that, you know, being the case, we'll talk about um we're talking Sixers about Celtics, Celtics. Sixers first. Yeah. Yeah. We're going back to Boston for this one. This is game five. Uh the Sixers won game one. They won game four. The Celtics won two and three. So the Sixers are coming off a win. Modi, obviously, we got to go to you first. How are you feeling coming off of that insane game? Yeah, describe that game. That game was nuts. Oh, my I, like, God. Started you, you, I started the beginning of the fourth left? quarter. Beginning of the fourth quarter. And that I'm was not a crazy. Uh, fingernails biting stress kind of guy, <laughs> but um, – Do you eat? Yeah, it was cr- I'm a – I, I eat. I, I play video eat. games. I play – I stress play Pokemon. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. Because <laughs> you don't really need to think when you're playing Pokemon, so you can, like – brainlessly brainlessly play while while dying uh that that (laughs) i didn't so i didn't do that for game three i watched it with my significant other which Mm. she immediately regretted so i believe that i absolutely believe that she wishes she was doing anything else yeah so game four i was like okay i need to be doing something else other than dying on twitter because well and we'll talk about game four but game three was the worst i've ever felt after a loss in a long time because it was like if james harden just did anything if he did anything, they would have won. Because Embiid was good that game, like legitimately good. 30 points, good on defense. Yeah. They just needed something from Harden. And he was Ben Simmons-esque. I had a meltdown on Twitter. Everybody, <laughs> every yeah, total meltdown. I, I will say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you very quickly. You're great on Twitter during losses. I like, I know that sucks for you because you're like, you're going through it. You're, you're tweeting yeah. through it. But as an outside observer, I crack up when I see you going through losses on Twitter because think, you are the definition of tweeting your way through it. Yeah. Well, what's think, crazy is Harden has won them their games. I legitimately don't think they could win a game unless James Harden has elevated them there. So it's like, 
I get it that he needed to do more to win that game, but at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, like Harden was the one that hit every important shot. Embiid, Embiid, Embiid had Embiid a couple big moments. Got, he got pushed and fell and got bullshit free throws yeah. like he does whenever he's in the paint. I also really don't annoying. know how I feel about the charge call on him. Oh, oh that, no, that was bullshit. I've that been, I, the I, was, I said that, that uh, the Tatum push off yeah. was really blatant, uh, yeah. but the Embiid call when they called it, I was like, oh, they're probably going to overturn this. I've been and known to, yeah. They did not. And I was, yeah. I was honestly pretty surprised by that. Well, yeah. by the definition, that is an exact charge. His feet were planted outside of the zone, but that's why I hate that because there's no moving. effort to make a defensive play. It, it's like, literally that's, just throwing it's also, yourself into the space of the player landing. And he was moving. It's like, and it's the it's yeah. the nuance of the term planted because were his feet planted? His feet were stationary. Like, I guess, they were they like, were stationary, but he was. I would still say he was sliding his body into place when it occurred. We're getting mm-hmm. into the nitty gritty of it a little bit. I had asked Modai about how he felt about everything, so I'm going to turn <laughs> it back to him. But I did want to, I did want to just just jump into that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, I, I haven't gotten to Game Four yet because the reason why Game Three was so frustrating because we just needed him to do anything. Like Game Two, Embiid was fine. He played like 26 minutes, like whatever. Like that was a schedule loss, quote unquote. Game Three, like, <laughs> was there for the taking. They were, they were like, even with James Harden shitting himself, they were down by four and late in the fourth quarter after making a run. Gave up an offensive rebound. Al Horford hit three, and then and then it was curtains. So yeah. going into Game Four, I was like, I mean, you just don't know which James Harden is going to show up. Like he like he won them games one and four. Won them. Like if he was five percent worse in any of those games, they lose both of them. Like he could game, not. Have game been... one was a schedule loss. Game one was yeah, the correct. definitive schedule loss, yeah. and he dragged that team yeah. up to OT and was like, no buckets, I'm doing this. Yeah, but the, the reason why, like, a, a bad James Harden game is like he's not trying. And that's what makes me so, so frustrated. Like, Embiid was horrible in the fourth quarter of game he, four, but he went at Horford. Like, that was my yeah. thing. Like, at least he tried. Like, I he, wish he, he wouldn't. I he wish he sucked. wouldn't he go sucked. at Horford. <laughs> yeah. Horford is Embiid's, like, literal I don't get it. <laughs> like, Horford's a good defender. Don't get me wrong. But he has probably 50 pounds and, like, three inches on him. Like, he's not that like, a thousand years old. It doesn't make it. He, yeah, the the mental space that Al Horford occupies in Joel Embiid's mind, I I don't understand. It's like that, it's, and first... it's not even it's not even just Joel Embiid's mind. It's the mind of the Sixers organizations, yeah. considering they acquired they paid Horford him. specifically to avoid the matchup, and then Horford was awful on the Sixers. I know. I think I think he hates Philadelphia. He should. I think he, just, I think he should he's hate a double agent. Yeah, yeah, he should hate Philadelphia. I don't blame him yeah. for that. But how am I feeling going into game five? I have no idea what to expect. Like sure. we've seen the highest of all highs with James Harden. And we've seen the lowest of all those. Like we saw literally him turn into Ben Simmons for two straight games. We made five combined field goals and shot uh, or scored 28 points combined sandwiched by two 40 point, just like masterpieces. Um, I think it moved Embiid's into gonna... uh, the top 10 of point that. playoff scores. Yeah. I saw that. Um, yeah. I think Embiid's going to be better. Like I think they doc played him too much. That was my biggest complaint was like, like they gave b-ball paul like two minutes in the fourth quarter and then they took him out like give him a little bit longer than yeah. that like Embiid, you can probably say because Embiid was really good in the first half he was really good in the first half he was really yeah. good in game three shot four of 14 in the second half like you think it was out. more his stamina or the injury that was the reason well, i think it's a gas i think it was a combination of both probably both um, although that, i think Embiid's always kind of been one of those guys who's been open that he needs to play himself back into shape and because i mean not, particularly since it's always lower body injuries with him it's not like he can do cardio when he's injured so and this, 
Yeah, this I, is I the, get I get being gassed. Also, you're like 280, 290. Like you're gigantic. Hard to move around. And he played yeah. 46 minutes. Like that's like, yeah, that's like it's, a heavy it's not like he's playing low minutes in these games. The only game that he played low minutes was game two. Two. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at his counting stats, it, it makes a lot of sense. He had like 15 and three. He had a bunch of blocks. Um, so give him he credit was for back, that. just like physically and physically. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think a beat will be better. I have no idea what to expect from Harden. Um, I think probably like the most likely scenario is probably the Celtics win in a blowout. But like the thing with the Celtics, and it's been this way since last year, is like if you can just keep the game close, they their crunch time offense is horrendous. It's Missoula like Missoula should be fired. But he should have been fired yesterday. Okay, but, so this is a conversation. I don't think it's a Missoula thing. It happened you last don't think year. That... With... I agree. Don't I agree. It's not a Missoula thing. And also yeah. the fact that that why doesn't um, Brad Stevens fix it then? Because the clearly it's that like everyone... that was poor. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brad Stevens has built an incredible team. I'm not going to take anything away from Brad Stevens. The fact that all these people are saying, and and I understand both perspectives on this, that Missoula should have called a timeout when there was like nine seconds to go or whatever. When they were down, I think they should have yeah, called and, a timeout. And, and I think it was the, a good call to the play, play that ended up leading tied. to the Marcus Smart three that was after yeah. the fact. I do not think it makes sense to call a timeout there because if you call a timeout, Doc is getting Maxi off the court. He's potentially getting Harden off the court. Like he's making a bunch of different putting in his defenders, yeah. and you're likely ending up with a very similar shot. The issue that I have with that is that Jason Tatum goes into his action every fucking time, four like seconds, three left. and a half seconds to go, four seconds to go, and it's like, dude, if you have nine seconds to work, go then. It go go with seven seconds left. Go with six yeah. seconds. Like if you leave them one second on the clock and they don't have any timeouts and they have to advance the ball fully, they're not gonna get the shot. Like, like you're leaving your feet. They as already use their challenge. They already use their timeouts. Like w- what are you doing? If you wait for like you're waiting for there to be point two left on the clock, you're gonna fuck these up. And it's happened to the Celtics multiple times over the past two seasons. And it's it's Tatum being lackadaisical with the ball. Yeah, that and Marcus Smart hit that. Like Marcus Smart hit his shot. He did he made the shot. I know. <laughs> That's the craziest part. Yeah. Um. Uh, I totally lost my train of thought. Um. Yeah. No. At the end of regulation, that was acceptable because the game's tied. Like you, that's what you want to do at the end of regulation. You want to give them one shot. But when you're yeah. losing, you need to do it as quickly as possible. You need a like, bucket. You need a you bucket. Just to have and a then, drawn up play, even if it's a yeah. catch and shoot. Like I think that's where it's like, okay, trust the players. I understand. But call a timeout. Advance it to half court. Get a good shot opportunity, a good inbounds, the matchup you want. Like you have time to draw a play up. And I was just listening to like part of my take, but they were talking about how the coach's comments. He said like after that, he wasn't really sure what play he had or wanted to draw. Up. Yeah, that's, like, you that's should a problem. fucking know <laughs> I mean, what I'm play not, you want to draw. I don't think Missoula like, is a great coach. Yeah, I will so, say I that. Mean, but I think I just don't just, know if I blame him yeah. for this instance because it's something that we've seen from both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum where they have these late game opportunities and they just whiff. I think it's like, but coaches get a lot of blame for their teams losing and football when it comes to the last two minutes and poor clock management. Like this is a situation where you could have stopped the clock, gathered everyone together and like took, taken a breath and had a set play. I think that's like all coaching errors in my opinion, at least. I I think, Tatum should just go up. Like both times he had Max. Oh, he should have just times shot. He passed it. Yeah. Both times, like yeah. I get Embiid's in the paint, but like you can score. Like Embiid's good. Don't get me wrong. Like he's scored on. But Embiid he's all, and he's also gassed at that point. He's exhausted. Like, like yeah. Tatum has much fresher legs than Embiid, just on, by virtue of being both younger than him and not injured. 
Yeah. And the way yeah. he gets contact, he definitely could have drawn a foul too. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't think they're going to call it, but if there is a team that they're going to call it for, and I'm not going to be biased, the Lakers are also among the realm of teams that they would call it for in a late game situation. The Celtics are one of those teams. Like, yeah. And if the refs are going to finally call a last 15 second foul, the Celtics are going to be the team benefiting from it. Yeah, that's true. Especially like the way that game had gone in terms of like this, the two yeah. clear. Um, advantages but yeah that that's like another broader issue with Tatum is he doesn't like to draw contact like that was it was my biggest issue with him last year and he started Mm -hmm. to do that this year and then he's probably like well that shit's exhausting I'm not doing that anymore I think I think I think it fucks him up yeah I think he's always going to have these shoulder injuries that he's had because he's had them for two out of the past three seasons yeah he's kind of going the Paul George route a little bit where he's just got this constant nagging injury that makes him want to play a certain way it's kind of what turned Paul George into a jump shooter instead of a guy that was going through contact Obviously, you also have the leg break, which kind of scared him away from it for a couple of years. But Jason Tatum, he tries to play like Devin Booker sometimes. And like, he's not Devin Booker. Devin Booker doesn't need to go through contact because Devin Booker has a much, much better mid-range game and has a bigger bag than Tatum does. Tatum is the better athlete. Go be the better athlete. And we've talked about this a million times, but he ha- he has fallen in love with age 36 Kobe Bryant. And like, that's, yep. what he, that's how he feels. Every, every <laughs> shot is a tough contested yeah. step back or mid range. And like, dude, yeah. just go to the rim. Like he could probably, that's my, another frustration I have with him. I mean, not frustration as a Sixers fan, but just with the Celtics as a whole, it's like him and Jalen Brown could probably score whenever they wanted because like at all times, one of Embiid or sorry, one of Maxie and Harden is on the court, if not both at the same time, like those are two clear defensive mismatches that the Celtics yeah. just don't take advantage of. I will say and, I'm liking Jalen Brown a lot, but I mean, Jalen Brown was incredible in the playoffs last year. I like him even better in the playoffs this year, even if the Celtics end up losing because he's tightened his dribble up so much in comparison to how it was last year. I mean, there was a point where Jalen Brown had the ball down the stretch in that Warriors series on like three or four back-to-back possessions. And I think he only got knocked for like three turnovers because he ended up like getting the ball off to a teammate who ended up getting knocked for a turnover. But Jalen Brown in the clutch last year with the ball handling and the passing, he was going off his feet. He was like dribbling off his knee. He was trying to get bad shot attempts. He's he's significantly better this year than he was last year. But I think Jason Tatum has regressed a little bit. I think he he looks worse at this playoff run than he did last year. And last year he was highly inconsistent. Yeah, my thing with Jalen Brown is like it's like he blows his load in the first quarter. Like he's had double digit <laughs> scoring outputs in three of the first. He, he plays a little bit like a big man in the first quarter. Yeah, he, he goes super fucking hard, and then he kind of like I, I don't know if it's a it's a game plan thing. I don't know if it's because he wants his teammates to get involved. It's like the opposite of what LeBron did the other night, where he just yeah, completely he took shoot. a backseat in the first half and was trying to set guys up. I mean. You go and you look at that game. LeBron could have had 15 assists in that first quarter. He was hitting guys right where they wanted to be. They were just missing shots. Didn't have been a hitting Lonnie Walker. Field goal attempt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think Lonnie Walker's got a lot of those games in him. But, you know, but but Jalen Brown is like, yeah, I'm gonna be a first. He's Kristaps Porzingis is the same thing. He's a first yeah. quarter king. He's one of the best first quarter players in the league, and then the production just tapers off so quickly. Yeah, like, but I, I still think that we're talking about two of the Celtics' best shot makers, and sure. yet Marcus Smart was took both shots. My brother well, and I Mark, like, If you joked, ask Marcus like, Smart, he is their he, best shot maker. Well, when he, he, when he shot that three and made it, Josh turned to me and said, Marcus Smart, game winner. And I was like, 
well, I bet there's going to be a Marcus Smart game-winning attempt, but I don't know if it'll be a game winner. And then he freaking missed it. And then I can't believe that he got the shot at the end too. I'm like, how do you mess that up twice? Like I get at the end of like uh, at the end of the fourth quarter at, at regulation, how you like that happened. It was a great shot attempt and good setup. Like, he probably should have hit the shot, but in overtime to like mess that up again, it's just awful. Yeah. Like, and of course, it's, that one it's goes in. very on. Yeah, yeah, and that one does go in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Is like, I'm too, I'm too close. Like, I'm curious. Like, what an outside perspective is. Like, if, if I were to view it without like a Sixers lens, it's like two games that were close to Sixers won, two games that were blowouts. The Celtics won. Um, yeah. Like, the Celtics are probably the better team. They just they, like, bump, they fumble their way in the fourth quarter. So, like, my thought is that it's if the Sixers can keep it close, like they could win the next two games. It would not be the craziest thing in the world if they won the next two games. Cause like. I, I have the Sixers winning this series, despite the Celtics being the better, more talented, more in shape, more ready to go. Arguably better coach team. Although at this point it's like. Maybe it's better looking. No. I think it's a wash in the coaching. <laughs> and honestly, I would probably favor like, if you're going to ask for like a floor general, I'd say probably James Harden over you know, a Derek White or a, a Malcolm Brogdon or one of the Jays or whatever. James Harden is is the best floor general in this matchup. And Embiid is the best big man in this matchup. But in everything else, the Celtics have the advantage. They, they have depth advantage. They have experience oh, advantage. They've They've got everything. I'm still picking the Sixers to win this series. I don't it's, know it's, why, but I it's am. Cr- yeah, it's crazy that we've gotten to a point where I think I think I think I think is what I just said. I think Doc Rivers is a better coach than Joe Mazzulla. Like I like. I think Joe Mazzulla is a highly highly average coach, but it's also like it's one of those things. It's kind of like Scott Brooks during the OKC years. Is he just? How am I ever going to know what kind of coach you are if you have this just like godly talented super deep roster? What do you have to do as a coach? I mean, like you can kind of say it about like Steve Kerr and stuff like that, but we we kind of know who Steve Kerr is because we also saw him get these guys over the hump. And we've also seen him in bad years. And then we've seen him figure it out again with like a, essentially a new roster behind his big three. I don't know. I mean, Scott Brooks, we learned despite him winning coach of the year at one point, I think in 2012 or whatever, when they won like 60 games, that he's a bad coach. Like he's, he's, he's an average coach. I mean, he's not a bad coach. He's an average coach. I think Joe Mazzulla is probably an average coach. I think Ime Odoka might be an average coach. Yeah, but we will never know. Like, I guess we he was, he was there know. when these guys ascended. I think Brad Stevens is the guy that really deserves all the credit because he put the team together, him and Danny Ainge. But Brad Stevens is the one who's gotten all these acquisitions the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Can't, co- I, can't find a coach, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ferentinos, who do you have winning the series? Who do you have uh, winning tonight first? Celtics. Celtics winning Celtics tonight and the series? the series? I just think Embiid with an injury like he's not going to get healthier as the playoffs go on so i that's right i he think might. it's going to be like every series is going to be just a slog no matter how quickly what, can he fly out. to uh like russia or something to get that stem shell, stem <laughs> yeah. shell shit. i mean like you i think you can make the argument that he will get better as the series goes on because like his knee's going to get healthier assuming it's yeah his like he'll get in better shape and his knee will get healthier so i think i kind of think the opposite like i think he will get better as it goes on i think the bigger issue is the is how the game goes itself. Like if he plays 40 plus minutes where he's, he's going to like flame out in the fourth quarter. Like we've seen this in plenty of playoff runs before he just loses gas as the game goes on. Cause he's responsible for being their best defender. And he has like a huge responsibility on defense. So I don't necessarily blame him, 
but it also is a fact that he slows down as the game goes on. If if there's a way for Doc to get B-Ball Paul out there for 12 to 16 minutes, and I don't think it's going to be 16, but if he can be out there for a good a good 12 minutes against the bench unit and a few minutes against the starters, and you can get Embiid out there for like 36 to 38, like there's a way to get him to the end and have him on not fresh legs, but fresher legs. Yeah, it's just whether the, or not Doc Rivers is gonna do that because then yeah, you think I mean, like Paul that Reed, much- as much as I like him, does have his flaws, and this team is going to take advantage of him on the defensive end. I think there's a way to make it work. Yeah, he's at least active. Like he just he yeah. gets offensive rebounds. Like he he'll he'll foul a lot, and then he also might get a block or he'll get a steal. Like at least he's just he's just doing crazy stuff. Like you can't put and, you can't put Paul Reed in a box. There's also the benefit of Embiid's point guard being James Harden. So when he's sitting, I mean, James Harden can slow the game down yeah. in a way that is absolutely going to maximize Embiid's rest. But Embiid needs to be off the court during those periods because if he's yeah. on the court, he, he's not. I, I know there's some guys that can do the whole resting on the court thing. It's LeBron's done it for eight years at this point. I don't think Embiid's really at that point because he goes from zero activity to explosion so quickly and he hits the ground or he hits other players so often that I, I don't think it's like actual rest time. And I don't think as a, as a center, yeah, I don't like the defense. No, you're too, you're too involved. Yeah. I don't think you can do that. You can't hide him on defense. I mean, I would argue that he doesn't need to hit the ground as much, but it's easier to get And you and I have both obviously argued that a million times, but I don't think Embiid (laughs) is going to change his strategy halfway through a second round playoff series. Or in his entire career. Like if I'm Embiid, I'm saying, well, I've had mostly a healthy career since two back-to-back broken foot injuries so like if this yeah. like i'm not saying this is what's keeping him healthy but if he thinks this is what's keeping him healthy then he's gonna sure. keep doing it i hate it right. i hate how much he falls down like i hate flopping like i hate all that shit but yeah. if he thinks it works and he's gonna do it you know and what i, I think is like... really great james harden is uh what do, what do they call devin booker the other day an ethical scorer james harden has been an ethical scorer yeah. lately he hasn't because he hasn't been he's not calls. going to the line he's not doing the flopping bullshit He's hitting mid-ranges. He's hitting threes. He's getting to the rack. He's hitting the open man. Like Houston and Harden. This, this is, is what this is the saw. ideal version of Harden. If we could get it for every single game. I was going to say, in two of four games, we have gotten yeah. that. <laughs> but he, like, hit them in all different ways. He had a step back, too. He had a floater. Because his he bag is drove in shit. and got the left-handed layup over, I think, Brogdon, or I don't know who was guarding him at the time, and then to hit the corner three, like – this is that's why he was my favorite player on the Nets yeah. like the superstars. Yeah. Like KD is good, but Harden plays like winning basketball. I think that's I the mean, big difference. Is that he can like because he's a floor general win you those games. Like because we're a results yeah. oriented culture. If James Harden wins this series, the narrative on James Harden is even if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, the narrative on James Harden will likely shift in a different direction, and then next year it'll likely shift again. Like that's the thing with a couple of these guys who are hugely controversial. This narrative is always going to shift on them based on what have you done late. If he has good performances, even if they lose the next two games, like, yeah, you can knock him for losing games two and three games that they were essentially supposed to lose anyways, but you got to give him his credit for. I don't necessarily agree that they game three was a game that they should have lost. Weren't they underdogs in game three? They were underdogs, but like there was like the, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, you, you should make an argument, lost but game, game one, they absolutely yes, should correct. have lost. That was 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> he dragged I, I mean, it out of them. And Bede should give that Rolex back to James Harden because, like, if they had <laughs> lost that, if they had lost game four, and I mean, imagine what people would have been saying about Embiid. Like, 
That was like a could have been a career defining loss for Embiid because of how bad he was in the fourth quarter. Without, yeah, Horford. I mean this this run, like like it is with James Harden's career, it is going to in a lot of ways probably define this era of Sixers basketball, particularly if Harden leaves for the Rockets next year. Yeah, because yeah, who are they going to run it back with? Like Tobias Harris's deal will be done soon. So there's going to be some money there you can work with. He's expiring. Hopefully, you hope for Maxi's development. Like there's there's a lot of things you can hope for. But then you're rebuilding essentially a new team around Embiid when he's 30. And yeah. there's the injury history and there's just the slowdown that you see from scoring centers at that age. And it's it's a lot of question marks. So like it's probably got to be is, there's a lot more to this series than just Sixers Celtics. It's also what's the story of the Sixers? And the, like on this, like the Celtics side of it, like Jalen Brown's due for a supermax. Like, are they just yeah. gonna max him out? Like, I feel like b- both teams could look a lot different. I don't think Jalen Brown is going to be there for much longer. He doesn't seem like he seems like he doesn't like it. And he like seems one com- foot out the door. I think he wants to be the number one option somewhere. I think he and hates that he's always anywhere but the Nets. I don't need a head case on the I'm Nets just saying, again. I, dude, there's, there's a I lot love of Jalen Brown. I would take Jalen Brown. A lot of I don't need, about I can see Bradley him being a year Brown. away from retirement. Watch him be a year away from his Kyrie bullshit where he starts no. being on all his social stuff. I don't know, man. Dude, I. I, I think, think every so. single team could use a J. I mean, I, I guess the mental yeah. gym, like, I don't know necessarily how he is as a teammate, as a player. What, 32? His teammates seem to like him, and that's important. I mean, they, look, years, Kyrie's teammates like him. That's true. Yeah. That's the that's the craziest part is that through all of it, his teammates has, Kyrie's teammates have always said positive things about him. Yeah. Yeah. Because his teammates aren't wrapped up in the political bullshit that, and like what he says on Twitter and the fact that him and KD both refer to themselves as like God and all that. But shit. I was going to say, I'm sure it's because it's the, like the celebrity aspect of it though. Like yeah. he is a legend in his own right. So it's like, and these guys are all insulated like, but... from the real world. And yeah. Kyrie does stuff that like nobody else can do. So like, I think you just watch him do that and you're like, yeah, I'll put that's up with this shit. Cause that's fucking talented. There's an argument. No one's had better handles in the NBA, which yeah. is nuts. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, We've talked about Celtic Sixers a lot longer than I expected to, which kind of makes sense because we have a Sixers fan with us. Um, Modi, your prediction <laughs> for tonight's game? I think they're going to lose. Like I, I saw a stat, and this is we don't have to keep going, but that the Sixers. In, you think the Sixers yeah, are going to lose in the Joel Embiid era? They're they have a mar- an average loss margin of eighteen and a half points in Game Five in the Joel Embiid <laughs> era. Yeah. Well, then I kind of regret having my daily prediction article recommending betting uh, the yeah. spread on, on the Sixers. I said get the. Get the Sixers at plus 7.5 because I think the Celtics are going to win, but I think this is the game where the Sixers finally keep it close and a loss. I could be very wrong about that. I feel like Monday's not a big strip club night, though, so the Sixers might cover. I think when you are a hundred <laughs> millionaire, Harden, any night can any be a night. Big strip club <laughs> night because you can call in whoever you want to be. Yeah, there. you can fly them in. <laughs> no. uh, but um, okay, let's move on to uh, Nuggets. Suns, Nuggets. Then. Probably the yeah, best series, Suns, I would say. I like couldn't believe just watching the Suns the go nuclear. I'll say it again, <laughs> nuclear uh, with KD and Booker. Like Booker just shooting historic over his last two games, but then still having the Nuggets put on the gas. That's the thing. Like Jokic and Murray playing their two man game might be the most fun. It's like literally when you learn how to do like a give and go in soccer. It's like how do you get around defenders? It's pass and cut. Casual name drop. And like Murray is if. There was, like, another guard, like, we just talk about, like, players that we wish were better off the ball. Like, Murray is exceptional off the ball, and Jokic is so good at getting those passes to him, like, right around the free throw line so that Murray can hit a floater, step back, figure out where Jokic's spot is. Like, it's literally masterful just, like, watching them play. 
And yeah, like Jokic was hitting stupid shots. I don't, that it's a really entertaining series. I think the Nuggets need something out of Michael Porter Jr. or just absolutely another role I mean, player to really and step up. Because, Michael Porter yeah, Jr. Like, lost in the game the yeah. other night. That freaking both, both uh, fast for not break being shot willing to take shots so and also bad. just the amount that he was missing and yeah. how poor his defense has been against the Suns when you need him to him and him and Aaron Gordon need to be like locking things down. Um, I will say in game four, I didn't think uh, Jamal Murray, I thought the numbers looked pretty good, but the amount of time that he was holding the ball and the amount that he was slowing down the offense, I didn't particularly enjoy, uh, yeah. particularly because Jokic was so locked in that it was like, let him keep working. But Jamal Murray has been far more good than bad during this playoff run. So, you know, you're, you're going to have some games where you, you, I, you don't play a way that I think it's more you just, you play. just notice they always get in the action. They have play. incredible. Like, even if Jokic is the one yeah. who does it and like Murray doesn't do well, but he'll still get a free layup set up just by that action that gets you in the groove. So even if you yeah. do have an off night, you get easy buckets, but I yeah. do agree. Like he could, did you, uh, did you guys see Devin Booker's shot chart? Oh, for, yeah, but it's like, uh, there's like one spot where he's red. There's one spot where he's one of three. <laughs> yeah. And that is the only spot where he's shooting below like 45%. It's insane. Which is fucking dumb. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's and again, crazy. an ethical scorer because he's not getting to the line. He's doing all this shit, whether it's hitting stuff in transition, whether it's, it's hitting mid-range jumpers on guys, he's burying threes on people. He's playing essentially point guard because Chris Paul has been out. And even when Chris yeah. Paul is in Devin Booker at this point is better at running the point for the Suns team than Chris Paul is because Chris Paul is another guy who likes to slow the game down. And that's not how these Suns like to run. I was going to say, cause um, KD can run and like Shannon yeah. or they're saying that somehow KD at a thousand years old can still run. <laughs> it's a thousand injuries later, but yeah. just like the idea of the dude is the fearless. Ball, keeping I, I, the ball hot. You know, yeah. They need Kevin. like they need two different teams. They need like a Chris Paul team where they slow it down and just like maximize shots, and then they need the run and gun team with like Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker just surrounded by shooters. I've been of the opinion for probably five years now that if I mean it doesn't work with his money, and part of it is because Chris Paul is completely unwilling to take a pay cut second because unit, of though. his position with the the uh, yeah. NBA Players Association. If he ran the second unit, I don't see a world where if he's on a reasonably built team. They don't win a title he because like, he's, he does everything that you want a second unit guard to do. And he spends so much time doing that shit that your starters are going to be fresh as fuck every time yeah. they touch the court. He, yeah, he makes like Bismack Biombo look like an all-star center. Like he can make it work with any type of He's center. one of those dudes that gets guys, even with stone hands and no ball handling, he gets them paid. He's a Trey Young, but yeah. He doesn't work as your starting point guard because he can't do a lot of the things that they need him to do. I mean, he's old, he's broke down. He's always got these playoff injuries and he costs $50 million. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work when you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Like yeah. that's the problem. It doesn't like it, it worked pre Kevin Durant because you didn't have someone like him who could score and they, and all they really had were catch and shoot players. So it worked out perfectly, but yeah, like their offense was even in the Clippers series when they won in five, like, there, you could tell their offense was like not really clicking. It was like kind of clunky. Like Durant was just like in the Mikhail Bridges role, just like spotted up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident that if the Clippers are healthy, they're pushing it to seven, if yeah. not winning the series. I mean, well, the Suns have looked better against the Nuggets than they did against the Clippers. Correct. Yeah, the Clippers absolutely outplayed our expectations for the Clippers in that series, despite losing in five. Yeah, once we realized Kawhi was out, it was kind of like okay, like they're just gonna yeah. have to be 
plucky and try hard. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that because Chris, do we know anything about Chris Paul is just coming back for an injury? Because I'm saying maybe that is a way that they work it into him playing reduced units or with the second unit. And then if that wins them games, just like, hey, maybe, uh, Maybe do it while you're like coming back from an injury all postseason. And if we I don't title, think Chris Paul would reject it, I think he's kind of a yeah. dude who's like, this is my last run. I want to win. I don't know if they would suggest it. And I don't, I don't even he... know if he's coming back. Yeah. That's also part of it. It's a, I know it's a big question. Like it, it was a while like, ago where it was all like these teams don't five. report shit the way they used to, because they don't have an obligation to everyone yeah. lies I mean, about injury reports. Now we found so out like, after the fact. Yeah, Kawhi had a tournament. We found out about Kawhi after the fact. I mean, like if we, I'm sure if we didn't see Tyler Hero break his wrist on the court, we would not have heard that Tyler Hero couldn't come back into that series because the Heat lie about it all the time. Like there's yeah, certain yeah. teams that just they, they're not going to tell you, and like that's their prerogative, whatever. But I don't think that they're going to tell us when Chris Paul is coming back until he's you know a couple hours from being on the court. Yeah, like a soft, like a soft tissue injury for a 39 year old who's had a history. Like that's concerning to me. Yeah, like any type of that that stuff is going to be scary. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like I find it hard to believe that they can continue to put up like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can continue to put up eighty points. I also find it hard to believe that Landry Shamit is going to make like five three pointers moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was really big for that. He was Dude. he was super efficient from beyond the arc, and he hasn't been. So, but yeah. I mean, you know, if if the rest of your team is taking on such a massive offensive load, maybe you can find your rhythm. I don't know. I mean, luckily, all they need to do is catch and shoot, and like they stop playing. So he was just in rhythm because it's literally if Booker or KD is the one like throwing it into a good swing where you get a wide open wing shooting it, like you just need one. And TJ Warren's cap- capable of doing that too. Like he's a hot shooter, made some important free throws at the end of the game. Like I don't think the Suns pieces are, I guess they're stepping up. They're obviously not great, but they're doing what they can. Again, though, in a close game where KD and Booker absolutely had to go off for them to stay competitive because I just think the way that Jokic can generate offense and the Nuggets are a deeper team, I think, um, and their wins are more like decided than the Suns wins where it's similar in that way to the Celtics Sixers series. I was just going to say that. Yes. Very interesting similarities between the two series, like two studs, like not a deep team against like a team that's probably like not probably is more talented. But like, like, what's going to win out? I mean, you look at you look at this most recent Suns Nuggets game. If Kevin Durant and Devin Booker each miss one more shot, this game goes to overtime. Like that. Yeah. That's literally the difference. And the two of them combined for eighty some of the one hundred and twenty nine points. Like they combined for over sixty or seventy percent of the points. Jokic on the other side of things had fifty three and like eleven or whatever it was. He contributed to essentially the same number of points that Booker and Katie scored. Obviously, Booker and Katie were also dishing out dimes and stuff, although many of them went to each other. Um, <laughs> but, like, if anybody else on the Nuggets really steps up in game four, the Nuggets are up three to one right now. Yeah. So do I, I – I don't – I don't think the Suns are going to be able to do this two more times while the Nuggets don't do it. Like, I think the Nuggets are going to be able to lock in in a way more easily than the Suns do because the Suns are essentially playing perfect basketball behind their big two. Like, their big two are playing perfect basketball. The Nuggets have a higher level they can get to because they're role, they have deep, they have better role players and they have, they have better starters outside of the top three. Even shooting yeah. 50, 40, 90 with Booker and KD, the Suns lose that game, which is crazy. Like yeah. They could shoot 
historically well and they still would have lost the game they just were that much better yeah they were they were they were both just incredible and i mean they deserve all the credit in the world for these past two wins sort of their teams i mean you know not deandre ayton because i think he had like eight and eight i was gonna say so so fucking sick of seeing that dude on the court and i really hope he goes somewhere else because he clearly does not want to be in phoenix jock landell is better than yeah, yeah, yeah he is his plus <laughs> yeah. minus is like plus 28 or something like that yeah compared to eight. or no he might be like plus 12 but Aiden's like minus 28 like he yeah just and i really want garbage. to take the opportunity to shit on the university of arizona but aaron gordon also went to the university of arizona so like somebody <laughs> from there is playing good this series but james harden between all those people is playing the best arizona State. ASU. Devil, so asu baby let's go um, <laughs> what is our prediction for tonight and what is our prediction for the rest of the series modi let's start with you nuggets 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 same here. Same here. Okay. Kind of chalk. Just we're hammering. Same, like, just yeah. go I mean, favorite. like if if you're gonna at least for tonight's game, like the Nuggets are incredible at home. The Suns are very average on the road to below average. Like this is an easy one. I'm taking could the MVP. Being, could end up being wrong. Of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, tomorrow's games. Uh, we've got uh, Miami against the Knicks in New York. Miami is up three to one in this series. My God, how good that they have looked, how good Jimmy Butler has looked. Uh, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on this one. I think the Knicks are essentially being outplayed in in every respect by largely one player. Um, Jalen Brunson's had ups and downs. Julius Randle has had ups and downs. There's been some injuries to the Knicks. I think Thibodeau's usual style of running his guys into the ground is they're getting, we're seeing the same thing that happens every time it's a Thibodeau team in the second round, they, they get They're exhausted. Um, I don't know. Ferentino's thoughts on this one. Yeah. I mean, when Jalen Brunson is the superstar generating all the offense and the role players just aren't stepping up, like when the Knicks players role players are doing well, you're like, wow, they got a team with like Julius Randall you know, they got uh, Josh Hart playing really well. They got, you know, like a, a bunch of like kind of young talent, like from like maybe like four or five year vets. And when they play bad, they're like, oh, they're just a bunch of garbage players all on the same team. Yeah. And I just think the Heat, yeah, are really jelling right now. Jimmy Butler's I think the Knicks, there's a lot of talent on the Knicks. I just, there's t- like, in their losses. I look at like, it and I'm like, how do you fit? Like, does how does any of this fit? And then they win games and I'm like, oh, that's how. And then it goes back to losses. And I'm like, like, I can't ever, I, I feel like there's zero consistency to this team, despite the fact that they almost won 50 games and they're in the second round of the playoffs. I just, every time I watch them, I don't understand what I'm watching because sometimes they seem like more than the sum of their parts. And sometimes it's just like a bunch of individuals who want to go to Cancun as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think Brunson needs to help unlock Barrett's potential too. And like help him just really take that next step. Cause I don't think they're going to do anything unless Barrett makes like a sizable lead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they just can't score. Like Julius Randle has been horrible. He was good against the Cavs, but he's been terrible. And so I don't like how bad do the Cavs look now after seeing what the, the Heat are doing to the Knicks. Cavs so. should not have gotten rid of Kevin Love. I think we can all collectively agree yeah. on that one. Yeah. He yeah. looks incredible. I don't necessarily he's know. Like he's, the, he's QB one right now, throwing his four passes passes. to everybody. Yeah. I don't necessarily know that Kevin loves the difference between uh, <laughs> what the Heat are doing and what the Cavs did, but yes, sure. I, I do agree with you. I think um, just a little bit of depth he would have added would have made that a more competitive series. Like and just the, having like a vet who's been there before is yeah. like, like like it was really only Donovan Mitchell who had 
been there before for the Cavs. And Donovan like, Mitchell's I, a young guy. Like he he'd been there with the Jazz as a super young player. And yeah. Then, like kind of got worse every year because the Jazz got worse every year. Yeah. Yeah. The um, whole commitment to the youth movement, I think, may have been a little bit of a mistake from the Cavs. At least for this year. Like maybe it'll help moving yeah. forward. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But to me, I just don't like the fact that the Heat are getting away with like Kyle Lowry and Cody Zeller pick and rolls, and that's that's like their most efficient play, and like <laughs> yeah. that's carrying their second unit. Like it's it's the Jesse Pinkman meme. Like they can't keep getting away with this. Like they yeah. keep getting these like random jabronis and like playing incredibly huge important minutes in the playoffs. Heat culture. Like, I, it is it literally <laughs> is heat culture. And look, um, I I've I've shit on the guy constantly throughout the season, throughout the postseason, throughout the past couple of years. Bam Adebayo makes me really upset with the way that he plays offense. But defensively, now that he seems like he's making peace with taking a backseat on on offense, defensively, the guy's a monster. Like, he's right up there with Anthony Davis as being able to completely change the direction and the shape of a game with his defense. And he's been good. If he continues playing, yeah, he he has been. And that's honestly what I think works for Bam, and I think he gets away from it. When his defense is rolling, his offense looks really good because he makes everything so much easier for the rest of his team. But when he tries to be like a 25 and 10 guy and take a bunch of mid range, like he doesn't go to the rack very often. Like there's certain things he doesn't like to do on offense when he starts overthinking things is when he falls apart a little. Yeah. He's not a talented scorer. Like you thought that after the bubble, like when he was like, you're like, Oh, he's going to make this leap and become, like, he was really hitting talented. jumpers and shit. Yeah. And it was it's like, like, Oh yeah, the guy can score. And it's like, no, he, he can just hit jumpers sometimes. Yeah. He, when offense, he kind of, he's not as passive, but he kind of sometimes can give me like DeAndre Ayton vibes. Yeah. Where it's like, can you just play to your sides a little bit yeah. more? Like, but then on not, defense, he does. Not on, yeah, correct. This is except he has the occasional really bad rebounding game, and I think part of that is that Miami really needs to pair a genuine center with him because really he is a power forward. But there's other games where he doesn't even need to have a good rebounding game because he blocks a bunch of shots yeah. and he's contesting everything at the rim and he's letting his teammates get the rebounds. Yeah. And yeah, I, mean, I just think no. Go I, ahead. I don't think it's like to undersell Kevin Love's importance, though. He literally wasn't good enough for the Cavs rotation, and they let him go. And now he's playing like starting minutes for the Heat. He, he culture. It's just, and it it is though that kind of like plug and play guy that really did kind of help fill in a role in their roster. They have a guy confident with the ball who knows how to win, who can set people up for better plays. And then if he's hitting his threes at like forty percent, like those are important shots, like off offensive rebounds on a fast break if he's running like and those are valuable valuable buckets and jimmy butler's just like yeah on another level right now yeah yeah i mean it it won't hurt them against the knicks and i don't think if the sixers make it it'll necessarily hurt them against them but i just struggle to see how him how kevin love can stay on the floor and i feel the way about like half the heat i guess like (laughs) i mean even when he was in his prime we struggled to see how kevin love would stay on the floor i mean that yeah. That was the whole thing with those Warrior matchups is Kevin Love was the third best player on the Cavs for all four of those years, but he was probably the best matchup for the Warriors to just take advantage of the entire time. Except, except when it was for, the last shot. And now there's <laughs> a lot of teams that can do what the Warriors do. Yeah, except for Strapped except for the, blo- the, the the stop, right? That's what they call yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. The block and the, the, the block, shot, the shot and the, and the stop. <laughs> yeah. Very reminiscent of uh, AD last night against Curry. Yeah. flashes of that oh game. yeah when he was when True. he was like guarding him on the perimeter and yeah he got the ball back and he got yeah oh man i was very they wanted much that matchup yeah yeah they wanted that switch 
Steph Curry, uh, 0 for 10 on go ahead shots with uh, 25 seconds to go. I again. saw that. Is it? I think it's like tw- I think it's higher than 10. I think it's. Is like, it? He's. I think so. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was like 12 or 14. It, but it, it could be either response. of those numbers. Yeah. All I know is the first number is zero. <laughs> zero. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. Warriors' response though is like he don't need to if you blow him out by 20 every game. Right. Just like right. What, how the Warriors yeah. would win. Yeah. And also, and and we'll we'll get to them in, in one second. I mean, Steph Curry was the best player for the Warriors the entire night. I'm not gonna knock him for being out of gas with barely two minutes left to go in the shots. game when Clay Thompson, yeah. Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, and Andrew oh Wiggins were all basically awful the entire night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, um, go not much to, say, to me. Like, there's not. I don't think there's much to say about the Heat Knicks. Like, I think the yeah. Heat closed it out in five. Like, I know the yeah. Knicks are favored. I think the Heat win. Like, I just don't think the Knicks can do enough. Like the game they won, they barely won. Jimmy Butler didn't play. It's like, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Like that's their only win of the series and they barely won. Yeah. Um, or uh, Ferentinos? We'll see. It'd be cool if the Knicks, if Jalen Brunson had like a pretty nice performance again in the garden, just as his like farewell in the series and the playoffs at least, but then the win, uh, Heat come back and win it. But at the same time, like I could see Brunson playing inspired basketball and Jimmy Butler just like hitting a bucket every time he does too. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have the Heat winning the series, but as far as tomorrow night's game, um, I think it'll be close. Okay, yeah, take, not, a, not, a, not a real prediction, but all right. I'll take the Knicks. I'll take the Knicks. Okay. I want Spike right. Lee to I, be happy. Look, look, man, I'm okay with it because I'm also taking the Knicks to win uh, game five in uh, in the Mecca, and then I'm taking the Heat to win in six. So this will be the last win for the Knicks. I think it'll probably be a close one. You know, it might get, it might be one of those ones where the box score doesn't really indicate how close it was. Cause the Knicks might pull ahead by like 15 with two minutes to go because of foul baiting or whatever. But I think it's going to be close down the stretch and uh, the heat are going to take over in Miami. Let's move on to uh, my preferred matchup. Hey. Uh, Lakers currently up three to one on Steph Curry and the Warriors, which it's very stressful despite the fact that they're up three to one because I think on the like opposite is, side of it, this is about to be like the universe's irony uh, <laughs> to, to San Francisco tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lakers have won a blowout and they've won two very, very close games and the Warriors have won a blowout. So there's a very, very easy way to look at this and say the Warriors could be up three to one just as easily as the Lakers have been up three to one. The Lakers executed a little bit better down the stretch in those two close wins, but I would not at any point say that there's like a massive talent gap between these two teams. They're very closely uh, matched. I'm stressed out every single moment that the games are being played. Uh, what did you guys think about the game last night? I mean, Lonnie Walker just coming clutch on the fourth, but I think yeah. I would it'd be I'd be happier and more confident as a Lakers fan if because this isn't like the other series where it's like if the Lakers only win was like a close game and the Warriors were just like blowing them out and all their wins. And like the Lakers were losing those close games, different series. Like they're winning every time they're coming through in the clutch. Uh, We have on the reverse pie chart or whatever the AD chart is, we have an up (laughs) game coming up. So, you know, he's going to, I, cause I don't like, (laughs) so last night should have been his bad game. But he did play. He played well. Last he played night. really well. He had like twenty three yeah. and fifteen. And uh, I mean, honestly, it was his only night. I think without any blocks, but he had like three or four steals. And that and defense was good at the end. He disrupted he, even the games the where his offense has been bad. His defense yeah. has been incredible. If Anthony Davis is like ten percent worse defensively, the Lakers are getting swept in the series. Mm-hmm. Like he has been absolutely integral to this team getting where they are. 
So if he takes too. the night off on offense, like I'm not even going to be that upset about it. Like it's going to bum me out in the moment, but the dude is doing everything. He has absolutely been the best player on the Lakers since the start of the playoffs. And I kind of feel that because the Lakers are in striking distance and just have one more game, like you don't think LeBron has one game in him when he or he's I'm waiting. Like, I'm not losing in this yeah. game. Like I think give me give me a give me a forty point performance that he can get a little bit closer to number one all time. I don't I think, think he's he going to get put, there yeah. because I saw somebody post today he's ten below Jordan. Mm-hmm. Jordan's got thirty eight forty point games in the playoffs, and LeBron has twenty eight. I don't think he's going to get there that's in the next crazy. like couple that of years. George, that's nuts. Yeah, because LeBron it's played absurd. like a hundred more games than him too. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. Jordan Jordan had forty point games in the playoffs, like his first year in the league when he was yeah. getting like swept by the Celtics or the whatever. Celtics, yeah, like he was putting up like forty five points a game in, in all those losses. After um, Danny Ainge was kicking his ass in golf all day the day before. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd love to see LeBron have a turn back the clock game and just like absolutely take over from the opening bell. I don't know if it's going to happen, though. I keep waiting for it to happen. It never has. Well, he had the, the first quarter, and their only loss was 14. Or was like, yeah. yeah, he was incredible in that first quarter, but it it didn't work out for them. But I think he shifted, too, because he knows he has to get the team involved for them to win. Yeah. I think that's why LeBron's always been a better winner, maybe, than Jordan has, you can say, just because of that huge gap in the beginning of Jordan's career and until he got the full team together. Like, obviously – you know, there's people that are going to still say he's the GOAT, but as far as, like, team basketball, like, LeBron knows that that's how to win, is to get everybody involved, to get people in rhythm, to get them shooting. Like, he hasn't had to really do it yet, which is good, and I think that that's maybe why we might not see it this series. I just would love to see it. I would love to see him just be like, no, I'm winning this. This is the game that I'm going to win no matter what. And just Game six against the Celtics in 2012, which is just like 18 straight points down the stretch where he just buries them by himself. Where was his one against the Pistons too? That he oh just... he, in the fourth quarter he had like twenty eight straight points. Yeah, yeah, just literally yeah. scored every point for the that was nuts. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I awesome. I uh, I like struggle with my. I mean, I think Lakers going to win the series game five specifically. I don't know. Like I could see like the, the Warriors just kind of seem mentally dead. That's kind of how I feel about them. Like they don't everybody look but terrible. Steph Curry seems like they're out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Like even against they're the all Kings. off the bus. <laughs> They should have stayed off the bus. Curry is the only one going. He yeah. is the he is a definitive bus driver. Yeah. And every single I don't care what Draymond Green says on his podcast. I don't care what Clay Thompson says <laughs> to the media. I don't care how many fucking times he holds up the number four. They're all <laughs> bus riders next to him. Like he yeah. is yeah. the engine that drives everything that the Warriors have accomplished. And that's not to take away from the rest of them, but there's levels to this, and he is multiple levels above. Yeah, he's teammates. the he's the conductor. He's like, yeah. like everything starts with Curry. Like they probably yeah. couldn't win without Clay or Draymond. Like that's fine, but they're they also are like a below five hundred team without Steph. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at what happened in twenty twenty one or whatever it was. Yeah, they I mean they were missing games. They were missing Clay that whole year too. Yeah, so it wasn't just well. Steph, that was but... the that's when they lost the play in right. But they got hot at the end of the year. Was that the same year? Or was that the year bubble before? year? They were horrible. They were like the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, play, that's, that's, that's year. 2020. Sorry, 2021. They lost two games in the bubble, which also people have been talking about that uh, Warriors stat about how they're 18 and 0 in the Western Conference since 2015. I don't agree with that. I I, I know it's because we do not count the play in as either the regular season or the postseason. Like but eventually, once there yeah. have been enough play ins. And we'll just have a separate bracket for play-in stats. 
but that's more of the postseason than it is the regular season. And they lost two straight games in 2021. Yeah. They yeah, have lost in the postseason. It's just not labeled as the postseason on basketball reference. And that's just the way that 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 <laughs> that's works. that's a mental thing. Like they have yeah. lost single elimination games. Yeah. 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 And that was a that was a different Warriors team with with no clay. And I think yeah. was Wig, I don't they have Wiggins at that point. I don't know. They didn't have they, Wiggins yet. I think they might have still had D and then they traded D for Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember when that went down. Um yeah. but yeah, they just well, knocked my headphones <laughs> out. They just seem like they're I don't know, even against the Kings, like that game six was, was like the most pitiful performance I've ever seen, like to close it out at home after winning three straight, and they just like didn't show up. And it's like you don't see that. You saw that from like the Kate, the second year KD Warriors when they knew they could do it, but like this is not that team. So like you can't do it. So I don't know. I I like I thought the Warriors would win the series before the series. Obviously, being up three to one totally changes that. Now I just don't even trust them to show up at home. Because like yeah. they've lost two of their last three home games. So it's not like you can even use the argument, oh, they're just gonna show up at home. Cause like they're not even doing I mean, that I'm, recently. I'm sure the Chase Center is gonna be loud as hell. I'm sure that there's gonna be a lot of energy for the Warriors. But it's a LeBron team. Who's refing the game? I don't know. I don't is think Scott they Foster it also Scott wearing Foster. a Warriors. I think if it's today. if Scott Foster and Tony <laughs> Brothers is there, they're gonna they're gonna stretch it to at least six. I mean, the NBA. Look, let's call it what it is. The NBA wants this to go at least six. Yeah, like, we, we can acknowledge that ahead of time. The fact that this could end in five is a bad thing for the league. Mm-hmm. Make of that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, according I just, to Kerr, I mean, they're ha- they're out for the Lakers anyways. They're Lakers are getting away with illegal screens. <laughs> like the Warriors have Steve never Kerr done said? that. I know yeah, Warriors have said Kerr that, said. or fans have uh, said that. Let me Steve pull Kerr has no quote. room to say that. I saw the that. Lakers have are a team that more. plays with a lot of gamesmanship. They understand how to generate some calls. I thought they took some flops and were rewarded. I'll have to see the replays. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, well, look, he's the coach. I, look, like, and, and I think he was referring to plays that. where they like took a dive over a screen or something like that. And the Warriors, Andrew Bogut talked about this, and I think we may have talked about this on an episode before when he left Golden State and he went to Milwaukee. He talked about mm-hmm. how he could set 30 illegal screens a game for the Warriors, and the reps would get <laughs> lost in the moment because of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson just hitting these massive plays, and he wouldn't get called for any of it. And then he'd go to Milwaukee. And he was up to three fouls by the end of the first quarter. It's like the war. If if moving screens were called correctly, and maybe a hot take, Draymond's great. Warriors don't have a title. They don't have a (laughs) single title. And that's not to say that like the Cavs would have those titles because I'm sure they were doing it too. But moving screens have been like illegal screens have been a massive contributing part of the Warriors dynasty, and they have always done it at a much higher rate than any other team. Because more points. I feel like every screen at this point in the NBA is probably a moving screen. It's just how egregious is it or not. Yeah. It's like it's like I mean, every Bogut was like punching like guys in the gut. Football. Draymond, the Draymond or... hooks the elbow and like shivs you. Yeah, it's bad. It's the holding call, and then it's like the um I forget the name of this term when like you're like when you palm the ball like everybody does carry. it. When they, yeah, carry. Every, yeah, yeah. Carry. everybody does that when they dribble now, but the refs just don't call. Like, that's how I feel about a moving screen. Unless some guys like, do it more. Ja Morant does it. Ja more. Morant Jordan literally every dribble. If, <laughs> yeah. if, if Ja Morant got called for for carries, he would average eighteen points a game. Yeah, because it's so, so important to him getting to the rim is him being able to carry, getting the momentum. Yeah, yeah. like if it's if the same thing with look with Giannis and like offensive charges and stuff like that or offensive fouls. I if Giannis is not traveling. allowed. <laughs> 
Honestly, I don't think he travels that much compared to everybody else. Everybody in the <sighs> NBA travels. There's just so many of those. Giannis like, lowers his three. shoulder more than yeah. a lot of guys do. Yeah. And a part of that is like, you know, he's he's built crazy. But and it's the same stuff that like Shaq didn't get called for. So, you know, you 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 give it to them on both ends. Like you don't let Giannis get to the line as much as he probably deserves, just like you don't let LeBron get to the line as much as he deserves, but you mm-hmm. let him get away with more on the offensive end. So it's a balance. Yeah. Except for John Moran, because John Moran doesn't play defense, <laughs> but he does do all this stuff on the, the carries. Yeah, yeah, the carries are ridiculous. So I feel about Marcus Smart with him like flopping on like screens and stuff. Like the 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 call that they made against the legal screen on PJ Tucker in like the last minute of the fourth quarter was like one of the most egregious things in the world. It was like, and I and again, like I, I have Joel Embiid on my team, so like the flopping thing, I like am guilty of rooting for someone that does that. But the mark, but the thing that makes me so mad about Marcus Smart is at least Embiid's talented. So he does other things. Marcus Smart just flops. That's what he does. He he flops and that's it. I'm the surprised Tatum they're not they're not clearing also- out the arenas more often when Marcus Smart is playing because there's snipers in the rafters and <laughs> they're just they're they're only aiming for him. I know. Yeah. I'll say Moda, did you notice that other like that Tatum drive where he just literally like jumped up in the air and didn't know what to do and like threw it behind him and they just called a foul? Like I was like, that was bullshit too. I think the Celtics had a lot of calls that kept him in the game there at the end. They worked their way back. I'll give them credit, but it did seem like they were getting a lot of calls at the end did, too. Did you get you guys watch Warriors Lakers last night? I didn't watch the second half. I just watched okay. the highlights. Yeah. Well, at the end of the game the before Curry's turnover, where he like throws the ball out of the bound. Oh, the one that yeah, is just on the ground. Yeah. They uh uh who drove with it? Draymond. Draymond drove with the ball, thinking he was gonna hit Clay uh for a shot. Anthony Davis or whoever it was oh, stole LeBron the ball. LeBron told him to switch. And, LeBron can right. yeah. and yeah. Wiggins fouls him from behind. And not only does he foul him from behind, but he's out of bounds when he does it. <laughs> Clay fouls him from the front. They call a tie-up and a jump ball, despite the fact, that, and they call it for Wiggins to have, despite the fact that he's out of bounds on the entire play. Oh like, that's God. the shit that they do. Like, they, And they're not going to review it. And if you've already used your challenge with the Lakers did in the first half, you shit out of luck like yeah. fuck you that's like the most frustrating thing about the refs is i don't actually think most of the time i don't think they actually have an agenda i just hate it when they're inconsistent when they like when they call one thing one way and then not a, whatever another way like that's the most frustrating thing yeah. and especially when it seems like and i feel like everybody thinks this about their team that calls go against them like i think i think most games mo- both fan bases have a legit gripe with the sure. refs but the the problem with the six or celtics game is that like so many of them were high profile yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's the way, minutes. and that's the way it's going to be in in the playoffs because every single one of these teams is going to be fouling on both ends because they're yeah. going to just try and push the limits to see what they can get away with. And a lot of it's if you're going to close game, you're within five points in the last two minutes. It's going to come down to who can execute their fouls better. And if you're Marcus Smart and you get rewarded you know, for it, why yeah. wouldn't you flop? Or you're that's Draymond Green, you're going to get rewarded for it. You're yeah. going to have a technical in the first quarter, and then you're going to get away with whatever you can you do want whatever you want the, the rest of the game. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. you are unshackled. Yeah. Um, let's do our predictions for Lakers Warriors tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night, as well as the series, and then we'll get out of here. I want the Lakers to win. Give another birthday present to Griffin, so I'm going Thanks, Lakers. Man. Are win. you you're taking them to win? Uh, in I'm gonna five? take them. I'm gonna take them to win in five, and I right. think they win by like 15. I think the Warriors are just dejected. I could see. I think it's going to be close by half. And I think that the Lakers are going to win the third quarter by just a few points, but that will like mentally break the Warriors and the Lakers will win the fourth quarter. I I still, I'm going uh, Lakers in six. 
I still think the Warriors are going to – they have one last, one last hurrah. I, I also am going Lakers in six as badly as I want it to be Lakers in five and nothing would get, bring me more joy right now. <laughs> I, I think, you know, they've got one more game in the Chase Center. I think the Warriors are going to come out. We might be looking at like a 45-point quarter. And if the Lakers are battling back the entire time, I don't know if they're going to make up the ground. Uh, and then I think the Lakers will, will – I don't think this is going seven games. I think no matter what, the Lakers are going to win this series. And if I'm wrong, we'll come back in a week and we'll make fun of me and I'll be very dejected. <laughs> uh, last thing, Mode, I just see that thing with Harden. Uh, who is the guy, the like guy who got shot or something? That oh, the Michigan State. John, John Howe. That was yeah. dope. I think he's going to go to like every game and I would not mind yeah. seeing Harden just continue to kill it. It'd that be was, great. That was just a it's really a, cool it's, moment. It's a very sad story, but a very cool story that they connected with each other. Uh, yeah. Two, two JHs. Uh, both uh, both supporting the Sixers. Uh, if we can get Lil Baby and we can get um, John, was it John Howe? I, I forget the guy. I think it's I think that's what his name is. I think it's John Howe. If we can get them to every game moving forward, then yeah. That is the James Harden that that I think we'll need. It's nice where's having a, everybody root against the Celtics. It's, it's, where's Meek Miller? Is he in prison right now? No, he was at game five or four, I think. I think I it's his like birthday. You got to have Meek Miller. Really? I think it's early May. All right, let's go. I mean, someone I saw that on Twitter, which, and Twitter's never said an incorrect fact. So. Yeah, Twitter don't Twitter don't lie. Let's see, Meek, Meek Mill birthday, May sixth. Oh, so it was oh, really okay. Cool. So he just had it. All right. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Fantastic. Love that. Love that for Meek. Yeah, I hope he's there for a win too. Um, yeah. And then he can play James and Nightmares, and we can all just Ugh. have the best night ever. <laughs> yeah, all three of us. <laughs> we all we got. We all we need. All right, boys. Let's get out of here. Um, like I said at the top of the show, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you click the like button. Uh, make sure you comment below with your predictions for the rest of the second round, as well as the Western Conference finals once we get there. And if you have not done so already, click that subscribe button. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever your preferred audio platform may be, make sure you click that follow button. And if you have the option, rate and review. Give us five stars. Share us with your friends. Tell them about the Give and Go Show. We've got a lot of exciting things that we're going to be working on over the summer to make this better for the next season. Um, but we're getting very close to the end of the first season of the three of us together. So feeling feeling good about that. We will uh, celebrate after the finals when the Lakers win their league leading uh, 17 titles, 18 titles, whatever it may be. 18, right? 18, 18. Yeah, they'll get ahead of the Celtics by one. That's that's the hope. Or the Sixers might for- win. The Nets are not going to win, but the Sixers could also win a title. I'm down for the Mickey Mouse rematch or Lakers Sixers. Mickey Mouse rematch is what I'm rooting for, but if it's Lakers Sixers, I, I do favor the Sixers in that one. Give and go uh, show I'll take that uh, too. final would be pretty sweet though. I want a Sixers Nuggets so we can get Embiid Jokic because that'll. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, that would be for cool the narrative. Too. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah. Unless Jokic, you know, wins it, in which case I assume we won't see you for a little while. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, if another <laughs> Philly sports team loses in the championship, oh, what a, what a year it would be. What a All year, right, guys. We will uh, see you next week. Peace. Adios. Thanks again for tuning in. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, and have a good one.